This week's reading for the third Sunday of Easter comes out of Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, but get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they had heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and they brought him into Damascus. For three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. The word of the Lord. May the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Earlier this week, just a few days ago, I had the opportunity to go with my son to the place where he's going to be starting college this fall so that he could have his orientation and his fall registration, kind of one of those important steps. Now, clearly my son is graduating, and in advance of this road trip that he and I went on to his new college, my wife and I had talked about how we needed to get some clothes, some, some gear that we can support him, especially at his graduation party. And I said, well, you know, we're going to be up there, so we'll go to the store and I'll see if I can find us some cool shirts. And that seemed like a good idea. So fast forward now, my son and I are there, and we've looked around the, the campus store, and, and I found a shirt that I like, and, and we found a, a t-shirt that, that we thought she would like. We both agreed that's the one that she would probably like the best. So we went ahead and purchased it. Now, admittedly, that was my mistake. I should have known better. I should have taken some pictures with my phone and sent them off to my wife and said, well, what do you think of this? And do you like this one? Or do you like this one? Which one do you like? I didn't do that. A little while later, I got a message or a text from my wife asking, so did you find some shirts? And I said, yes, we got you one. I'll send you a picture later. And then I get the next one back. You bought one for me without asking me first. And I realized my mistake. So I sent her back another, uh, another message. I said, I'll send you the picture. And if you don't like it, I'll see if I can go back and exchange it for something different. So that's what we did. 
Now, during the, the, this, the course of this day, I had also been sending texts to my mom, who lives in the area. And then as my son and I were now looking at various different shirts a little bit later on to try and find a good one and send some pictures, he and I had talked about how we need to probably exchange this for mom. And now I've got mom in my head. So then as I'm taking pictures and I'm getting ready to text them, I see mom and I, I send the images off to her. And then I get some replies back. Oh, I like that one. So I thought, good, okay, we've got a good one. So I take the old shirt and I take the new shirt and I go back up to the desk and I ask the lady, ma'am, is it okay if we exchange these? Here's the receipt. And she says, oh, sure, that's fine. And in the midst of her getting the, the, everything rang up and changed in the computer, I realized my error that I had been texting my mom and not my wife. And I got so flustered in that moment. I was blubbering and I was, my brain was just racing and I was trying to apologize to the woman because I felt like I had been wasting her time in trying to ex do this exchange when I didn't even know if it was the right thing. And I was just beside myself and my son was laughing at me and, and everyone around was just like, you gotta chill. But I was so flustered, I didn't know what to say. I can't help but think that perhaps this same idea is shared by the person in our story today, Saul, who has this amazing, amazing moment, and he seemingly doesn't know how to react. Saul, as I kind of mentioned before, he was very, very instrumental in persecuting the earliest church. He was an enemy of the church. He was trying to stamp it out, he, and he thought that he was being faithful to his understanding of God by doing this. And in all of this persecution, and word about him is spread. Everybody knew Saul is somebody you got to watch out for. And as he is traveling from Jerusalem to Damascus, he has an encounter with the risen Jesus. Now, again, this happens after the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. It's actually even after the ascension of Jesus. But Saul is going down the road when suddenly there's this bright, blinding light and this voice comes out of nowhere, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I can only imagine that this unexpected moment, this unexpected thing was leaving him just flabbergasted. He had to have been scared. He had to have been confused. He had to have been utterly terrified by all of this going on, all of this stuff happening so unexpectedly, and he seemingly, he doesn't know how to react. And I can't blame him. I think any of us in that same situation probably would have reacted very similarly, not knowing what to say. Maybe he was flustered, and maybe the only thing that he could get, get out in that moment was the question, who are you, Lord? Now Jesus responds, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And then as we hear in the story, things go on, and Saul is blinded, and he goes into the city, and he's fasting uh, for these three days because of this interaction that he's had. He doesn't know what to do, and he's simply praying. And then there's this other individual named Ananias who's heard of Saul and is terrified of Saul, but, but Jesus appears to him in a vision and says, I want you to go and lay hands on him and pray for him. And they do that, and Saul receives the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the scales fall from his eyes, and now he can see again, and he's baptized. And immediately, he begins the work of spreading the gospel. He starts there in Damascus, and from there he goes out throughout the entire known world. 
Saul, who will become Paul, is very, very important. But he has this amazing moment when Jesus literally meets him where he is. In the midst of his threat against the, the, the followers of Jesus, Jesus meets him, they have this encounter, and he is changed. Now, I really like this story. And I really appreciate it. And I think it's applicable for something that's going on here in our congregation this weekend. A time called confirmation when several of our young people, we've got four of them this year, will affirm the faith of their baptisms, affirming the, the promises that were made. Now, one of the things that I do with our young people in preparation for this day every single year with every single class is I have them write a statement called an I believe statement. And this is a time for them to give an honest reflection of what they think, what they believe, what they maybe have questions about, maybe the things that they aren't sure about, about the ideas of faith and church and God and Jesus and all of this stuff. I do this every single year, and I am never disappointed. And I have found year after year after year that as I look at the different statements written by the students of that year, a theme tends to emerge, and this year is no different. The theme that emerged this year amongst the different students' statements is the idea that they believe in God and they believe in Jesus, but there are really confusing aspects. There are things that just kind of don't make any sense. And there's things that we might think about them and we might talk about them and we, we might express the, the belief in them and yet they're confusing. They're hard to wrap our minds around. And they also talked about some of the stories that we have in the scriptures that are difficult. And there are aspects of God that don't seem like they make a lot of sense. And while it's good and it's hopeful, it's also really confusing. And that honesty, I really, really Appreciate. And I can't help but think that maybe, just maybe, in different words, they're expressing the same sort of question that Saul was asking. Who are you, Lord? Who are you, God? What all is this? And thanks be to God that Jesus meets us where we are too. If we can learn anything from the example of Saul, as well as many of the different examples within the scriptures of people that God chooses to use, we remember that God uses imperfect people. And sometimes, oftentimes even, God uses the person who seems like they would be the absolute last choice for it. Saul persecuted the church. And then through this encounter, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he has a change of heart and faith comes into his, his, his existence in a new way and he becomes one of arguably the most important figures in spreading the gospel throughout there. The guy wrote a healthy chunk of the New Testament after all. God uses imperfect people. And that is important for us to remember because if God only chose the expected person or the perfect person, the church would be really small, which is to say it would be non-existent because none of us are perfect people. And yet God loves us. God chooses us. God claims us as beloved child. And God does this through the power of the Holy Spirit, which resides within each of us. God dwells with us. And it is my hope 
and it is my prayer for these young people who will affirm their faith this weekend, and it is my hope for you as you hear this message that you too will have an encounter with the Lord in one way or another, and the power of the Holy Spirit will manifest in you. Now, what I really love about the the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Spirit gives us is that they manifest in very different ways. None of us are the same person. None of us have the same gifts. None of us have the same talents. And that's okay because together we make up the body of Christ. For some, it will manifest in one way. Others, it will manifest in another way. But we are all called to use those gifts. And it is my hope that you feel encouraged and that you feel empowered through the blessing of God, through the encounter that you somehow have with this God who who loves us and yet is really hard to understand sometimes, and that you too may go out into the world, whether it is the greater world or just the small little neighborhood where you live, where you are part of, that you too may do your part to profess the gospel of the Lord.